age family gaming. Why is that so hard for me to say? Uh, we are. Words are hard. Words are definitely hard. It's probably because we're because we record in the evening, even though like objectively speaking, that's probably not the best idea because we're so tired because we're adults and parents with jobs. We have so many children. We have oh my so goodness. We have like many almost children. the starting lineup for an American football team. Um, that's weird. It's but, but facts because cool. you got four but facts. And three. It do be facts though. So it do be facts. This is episode 263 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. Oh. It's video game week. That means it is me oh, and yeah, Amanda having a cozy fireside chat while we talk about some cool topics. We're going to go around the horn where we're going to talk about some indie games. We're going to talk about some JRPGs coming to the Xbox platform for the first time. Two of them. Love this for uh, us. And then we're going to talk about free-to-play games. It, it's something that I think get, it came up a little bit last time when we were talking about like the metaverse and stuff like that because many of those are free but it's been getting a little bit more space in the discourse with a capital d just because of some stuff ubisoft said that everybody blew out of proportion we'll talk about that later but we're going to talk about what it means to be like a premium free-to-play game if that even means anything which it might not and then we're going to give some recommendations for some cool free games for your kids to play over the summer because um <laughs> they're going to be asking for new games and isn't it great to be able to download stuff and not have to pay for it i think it's great it is kind of nice think it's great it's kind of nice yeah so um yeah, there we go. I I talked about our sponsor uh, a roundabout, but it is worth mentioning one of our sponsors is the Virtual Economy Podcast. That is Amanda and her partner, Mike Footer. The two of them get just grimy with that video game business news every Saturday. Grimy. grimy. That's what I like to say. Yes. You get grimy yeah. with that video game business news. I like news. it. We do. We go in the weeds. We go, we go in the weeds with the business conversations. Yeah. We just wrapped up we're well we're in the midst of wrapping up earnings season uh which happens you know once a quarter and it gets kind of gnarly so it's so cool that you guys have this like i mean you're a once a week show sometimes two Mm -hmm. because sometimes you'll have interviews but like for the most part it's like a generally a weekly cycle right and at least once every three months you get like two and a half episodes of nerds with numbers. In fact, I think you should call that the segment yeah. nerds with numbers because literally nerds with and numbers. you should get the sound bite that's just like an old adding machine. Oh, I oh I hear you. I like that. Um and so if if you listening out in podcast land have ever in your life said to yourself self how do these video games get paid for other than me paying for them you definitely want to listen to this podcast because they go into it they talk about how these companies make money how they exist mike butter literally wrote the book on it literally yeah the game dev business handbook like literally, literally wrote, wrote the, book. the book and then he wrote another book about budgeting which is so so, it's, so he know they, the two of them know their stuff so anyway that's virtual economy podcast Let's go around the podcast about the business the of games. About the business of games for the rest, for the of, rest us. of us. Oh, look at you guys having a tagline and everything. It's like you're professionals. We do sometimes, every once in a while, at least once a week. At so least. let's go around the horn. So I'm just going to talk. That we have five games to talk about. There's only two of us. I'm going to talk about one right off the gate, just to get it out of the way. Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X 2 are on Xbox. And they're on Xbox Game Pass. 
And that's amazing. Let me tell you. Love this for us. That Final Fantasy X 2, or no, Final Fantasy X on the PlayStation. So it's available on the Xbox. That inspired me to download it on the PlayStation 5 because that's where I had room. <laughs> um, it, when you have two consoles, you just do crazy stuff, right? Um, so I'm playing it. You do whatever you I'm, need to yeah, do, well, man. Yeah, I'm playing it on the, the uh, PlayStation. Let me tell you that that game looks amazing on next-gen consoles. Mm -hmm. It is, uh, like, the cutscenes look so good. The combat animations are still a little... Two th eh. they're, they're still a little 2000. <laughs> but the, the, the game's 20 yeah, years I'm old. I'm give them a, a lot of breaks on some of that stuff. But the, the deluxe edition, like the new version, really does include a lot of really just little little stuff like lighting and shadows and you know the little equipment mm -hmm. that you can see on the characters uh moves like there's animation like for example that sword that uh Titus fights with that is made of water like the water which the is water gorgeous actually moves in it now is it like sea of thieves level animation for the water of course not. no but is it like that little bit extra um, the issue that I have is, and I wish that they had a transmog system like they do in so many video games, because I would love to just be able to use Brotherhood, which is the sword that has the water in it. Like, I would like that appearance, even if I'm fighting with other weapons. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's by far the most yeah. gorgeous sword in the game. And you get it in the beginning, sure. and it's really it it you yeah. can get rid of it pretty quickly. So yeah, there's no point in keeping it. Yeah, it just it can't yeah, keep can't. up. So, so that's it. Final Fantasy X is available. It's on Xbox Game Pass. It's just it's so wild to me that you can get these games that you can get Final Fantasy games on Xbox. That's so interesting. I really like that. And for those that don't know, Final Fantasy X was one of the very first video games that Steve and I ever bonded over way back in 2018. Yep. So this is like this is like this is our, our game. game. This is our game. It's a very big deal. It's, it's a huge deal. We talk we about do. it a lot, like just together. We don't talk about it publicly a lot <laughs> because we're not John Phipps about Final oh, Fantasy man, VI. That dude will not but, stop. You know, he will not stop. He, he cannot. Be Could stopped. you imagine? He cannot be stopped. Um, and I guess shout out to the super deluxe gamecasts at SDGC. They're awesome. They're great. Um, They're so great. But the imagine if he loves him some final fantasy six could you imagine if they announced like a final fantasy six remake like would he combust i think he would combust i'm pretty sure he'd implode or he would become like a star yeah. of some kind he would ascend he would he would he would ascend he'd be like yes. a final boss in a in a final fantasy game he would finally reach his yeah, final he form definitely would so final fantasy 10 is <laughs> um it, it, here's the, the real truth is that Final Fantasy X is for us, but you know what? Here's the real truth. This game holds up, man. It is a turn-based role-playing game that is uh the, the the mechanics are simple. It's a lot, it's rock, paper, scissors, but not with like elements, it's with people, which I think is very cool. Like Waka, you need him to beat the air guys up, and you need Titus to fight the the fast guys on the ground. And so it's like it, it really is, you know, you, you only have six Pokemans, right? Like, at the end of the day, your party is only yeah. six people. You can swap them in at any time. The strategies are cool. The characters are awesome. Mm -hmm. My oldest son... <laughs> 
he tried to tell me that Jacked was the guy in the red coat and the big sword, and I almost got upset. I almost I almost disowned him and sent him out of the house. But I let it go. Uh-oh. I was like, you know what? You haven't played. Danger. You haven't played, so we'll let we'll let it slide. Um so it still holds up. I think this game is fun. I have I revisit it like on on my console every you know at this point now it's like every couple of weeks i'll go in and i'll play a couple hours i'll beat a dungeon i'll go do a thing i'll grind a little bit and eventually i'll have finished this game again because i just at this point it's kind of a meme i'll be like oh i want to go play a game and i'll sit down and then i'll turn the music up and my kid will be in the other room and it'll be like dad what are you doing? And I'm like, comfort food. Exactly. Exactly. I just it's comfort food. Sometimes, you know, I just want treats from Canada, you know, and like big shout out to friend of the show, Dr. Rachel Cowart for sending me this giant box of Canadian goodies. Oh, yeah? Not long ago. Like that was great. Wow, that is um, really nice. But sometimes you just want that comfort, right? You just want the familiarity. You want it to feel nice and final fantasy 10 that is for us always feels nice but that's not the only game that we played this last couple of weeks amanda and it's not tell me about there is no game i did not ask her to send those goodies she was just a sweetheart and sent them to me because i was feeling homesick (laughs) i've been home in four years okay so let's talk about there is no game i want to just go through this briefly there is no game is about a game that is not a game It is, in fact, about a game that doesn't want you to play it at all. It wants you to just go away. It, in fact, highlights the exit button so that you don't play the game because there is, in fact, no game. So the beginning of the not game, the social experience, the whatever the heck meta nonsense this game, this not game became, um, is you trying to break into it for the first time. And in the process of breaking into a game that into this not game that is insisting it's not a game, you unleash Mr. Glitch. And so you have to go around in this not game, which is an homage to some of the most interesting and pervasive genres in gaming, such as, you know, the very LucasArts point and click adventures, the traditional jrpg from way back in the 90s like that kind of structure so we're talking about secret of mana and you know some of the original final fantasy games so this is a game that's not a game we do not tramp in the game because there is no game just as there is no spoon cool this game that is not a game is very funny it's very well written it's very enjoyable it's exceptionally meta and the puzzles are fun like they're actually fun and they don't make you feel they don't make you feel like you have to go running to a guide they in fact just make you feel like a rock star when you finally get it okay so and there is an in-game hint system too so if you ever get lost you can just go to the hint system and the hint system will help you it'll point you in the right direction so it's great there is no game is really great it's a really great not game that is a game but also isn't a game i was coming in and out of your stream while you were playing this and what's crazy about that with this particular experience is that it felt like every 10 minutes you were doing something wildly different Completely different. I had different. no idea what was happening. And I loved that. 
I was like, why are we playing a Zelda clone? Why are we? Never mind. And you know what? Uh, initially, I was going to ask. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not. We're good. We don't tramp in the spoon just, or the game. I mean, we were just doing the thing. And so every five, every 10 minutes or so, you were playing a different game or doing a different little mini game, doing a little <laughs> skill challenge or whatever. I thought it was super cool. Neat to watch. It's it's it a is. PC game, right? It was on PC initially, and now it's on Switch. And now it's on Switch. Yeah. So it is It is a brilliant game that is not a game, but is also sure. a game. I dig that. You And you played that on your stream, right? I did, yeah. I ended up playing that a few couple weeks ago. I think it was a couple weeks ago I ended up playing it. It was really fun. Yeah. We played There Is No Game, and then, I don't know, I think my might have been Grandia. I can't remember. Yeah, who knows? There's no way to, there's no way to I know. I don't know. I'm always playing Grandia on you stream. You are, in fact. Oh. We have little kids yelling at each other. You got smallings. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I have been on my streams, speaking of streaming, I've been playing a little game called Dragon Quest Builders 2, which... I definitely have not sunk a good chunk of hours into Dragon Quest Builders 2. Is there any... I, I want to know more. I want to know your Dragon Quest 2, Dragon Quest Builders 2 experience. I really enjoy that game. You know what? I really like it too. Um, I originally was only going to play for a little while, right? Like I was only going to, um, you know, I was just going to do like a quick little like one hour demo. Like this is what the game is like. And I found out that I kind of couldn't stop thinking about it. So... Uh, I decided at that point, like, hey, I'm just gonna uh, keep doing it. So not every night after we record, uh, but on nights when I am feeling well, um, after either this podcast or the EFG show, I am hopping on and playing an additional hour of one of that game. And but what if I became a, a Dragon Quest Builders 2 streamer? I mean, I, in fact... Kind of am doing those things. I uh, look at you with your uh, channel points. Um, I love spending channel, channel points. points. Give me more ways to spend my channel points. Oh man, points. listen, I got to do all <laughs> sorts of stuff. I have not optimized this channel for my people. I'm sure ready. Uh, I'm sure not ready player mama. That's you. I'm sure Mega Mom has like a billion channel points at this point. Um, I so would imagine. I will do those things. We will give people all, all the abilities to do that. So I was only going to play for a little bit, and then I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I am. Um, you know, I am past like the tutorial island onto the island where I'm learning how to farm. That's as far as I got. That's awesome. And I am. Yeah, about where I, I am really too. Dig it. Maybe a little because hard. one of my problems with one of my problems with building games like Minecraft, for example, which this is clearly you know a lot of folks kind of casually describe this as Minecraft, yeah. but it's Dragon Quest, and I don't think that's an insult. Nor do I think that that is really too reductive. No, I don't think so either. My problem with Minecraft is just that there's no direction. And so as a result, I get really caught up in the minutia. Uh, and then I overthink it and then I get overwhelmed and then I stop. Whereas here, I have like quests where they're like, hey, you need to go get this amount of hay. 
and you need to get this kind of rock, etc., to complete Y task. And that is the kind of loop I'm into. I love quest logs. And we've talked about this before. You know, it's one of the reasons why I play World of Warcraft right now is that I like yeah. that treadmill. I love treadmill yeah. gaming where they give me a job, I do it and that gives that and that either gives me another job or I know when my next job is coming. You know, whether it's like weekly mm -hmm. or daily or whatever. And so this is uh, exactly that. It's that I go to a place, they give me some quests, I go do the quests, and that likely will involve building a building or doing, you know, essentially some weird Lego stuff with materials that I find there. And in the meantime, I get to go like whoop on Dragon Quest monsters. And that is And that enjoyable. is super enjoyable. So I am really, I really like it. It's available on Xbox Game Pass right now. Uh, but it's also available very inexpensively on PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4. And it's also backwards compatible through PlayStation 5. And it's mm -hmm. very inexpensive. So if you maybe if you have like a PS4 and you're kicking around, it's available on Switch too. But there it's a little bit more expensive, just the way that games on Switch work. But if you have yep. a PS4 kicking around and you're just looking for another little game that you want, like a, it's a cute role-playing adventure with some building in it. If you're looking for that kind of thing... Add it to your PlayStation wishlist or add it to your cart on Amazon and like just kind of keep yeah. tabs on it because eventually it's going to go on sale. I've seen yeah, this game. Sure. I know I've seen it for less than 20 bucks on sale. And for less than yeah. 20 bucks, it is outright theft. There's a lot of game here. It's adorable. It's very approachable as far as a digs and builds yeah, game goes. Yeah, exactly. So that is Dragon Quest Builders 2. Also, it's two-player co-op, right? There's a co-op mode. There is a co-op mode. I have never played it, but there, there is one. I co-op mode. I haven't unlocked it either, or at least I haven't tried it. I'm playing it myself, and it tends to be late at night, so my kids are either asleep or not interested in playing games with me at that point, but I really dig it. I really dig it. I'm so glad. It's really good. It's a great yeah, game. I mean, when they announced it, I was like, oh, I'm in on this. I am in on this. We both said that. We and it both just came out that. at a weird time. I mean, that's really what it was for me. Is it, it came did. out at a weird time. Yeah. But now it's on. I mean, as soon as it came to Game Pass, I was like, no way. No way. Uh, but it is. It is. Yeah. So I think everybody should give it a look. If you want to see kind of what the game looks like, the VOD is currently on my Twitch channel and will be here for another couple of weeks before the first VOD start to fade away. Before it gets cycled. Um, I'm thinking about maybe moving them over to YouTube, but it's just, it's extra. And I don't know, but we'll figure it out. But so if you want to know, check out that VOD and see whether or not you are interested in Dragon Quest Builders 2. So that's that. As interested, as interested as Steve and I have been in this most excellent digs and yep. builds game. That is correct. Amanda, I talked about this on the last video game podcast, but yeah, you actually that's why played I kind it. Of want to do it so give me your thoughts on Rain yeah. on Your Parade. Okay, so Rain on Your Parade. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go gonna go too deeply into it because we talked about it like a couple weeks ago. But after Steve said, Hey, check it out, Rain on Your Parade is actually adorable and witty and fun and cute and smart and is just an all-around adorable game. I was like, but is it though? It's about a cloud. And then I remembered who I am. And I like wholesome games and cozy games. And I like being mischievous things like gooses. And as it turns out, a cloud. So Rain on Your Parade is excellent. Play as this, this mischievous little cloud that goes around kind of ruining everybody's day and just loves it. 
She just loves it. Soaks people, wrecks stuff. You got to wreck stuff in very specific yeah. ways. Sometimes you got to set stuff on mm -hmm. fire or make it corroded. It's so hilarious. It was lots and lots of fun. I had a I had a blast playing that game. So yes, Steve, it is all your fault in the best way. I love it. I love it. Right on your parade, friends. It's on Game Pass. Go yes. play it. it. I mean, it's just so stupid. It's such. It, but it's a, it's a neat. It's ridiculous. You know it is a ridiculous game. It is. Do you? I love it. Remember though. when I said it's very Katamari? It's so Katamari. That's what it felt like to me. Is that this is Katamari Damacy that very clearly influenced Goose Game. So yeah, I am. Uh, I am so glad that you played it. Did I? Did I make you play it? Did I spend channel points to make you play it? No. No, I, I decided right, to play it because I was just like, oh, no, I just really want to. Know. No, you spent channel points getting me to play Final Fantasy two. X. Um, two, sorry. Yes, we're going to we're gonna play Nonsense Dress Spheres, which that game, I love that game. Um, I love that sidebar, game. If they had called Dress this is my hot take. If they had called Dress Spheres Job Spheres, 50% of the people's attitudes towards that game would have been changed. Would com be completely different. <laughs> Because misogyny is a heck yeah, of a drug. People were just mad because they didn't want to play dress up. But it's like, for real, dude, you definitely play dress up when you play Final Fantasy Tactics. Missing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're just job spheres. And also, I love that they were called dress spheres. I didn't care. As a teenage girl, when I, like, as a teenager, I was like, I don't care. This well, is great. I, this is like playing Barbies, but also not me. Barbies because I'm going to just go kick so much ass with pain. May, Who's my girl? It, may, it makes me really upset that you're saying that you were in high school when that game came out because I was definitely playing it with my wife. Um, yeah, so I was in high school for both Final Fantasy X and X-2, so... Oh, man. All right, anyway. Listen, I'm an old lady now in this industry. Don't give me your guff. True. You, uh, sir give me your guff sir sir <laughs> sir i'm gonna talk about undermine let's do it so undermine is a roguelike roguelite i will say the distinction is important okay. i should i think i need i'm gonna need to make a channel command that will bring up the link that is the difference between a roguelike and roguelite roguelite believe it or not I share that article, our glossary article, that is a difference between those two things in various Facebook groups at least once a week because people are like, I don't know the difference. So and I'm good. like, here, bookmark this. Here, I did um, it. We did for it for you. you. So a roguelite is a game where you die, and when you die, you have to start over. But roguelite games let you keep some of your stuff. So, for example, you might die, yes. you have to keep some of your currency. That means you get to buy upgrades, and you get to maintain some of those upgrades. So there's still a sense of progress. Aggression. That's right. Uh, roguelites yeah, are my favorite. I love roguelites. I really dislike roguelites. Yeah, true. Unless it's into yeah, the breach. But that's different though, because that's into the breach is like a strategy RPG that feels like an arcade game because of the the fact that you're playing it. When I say arcade And the way it hits the back of your yeah. brain. The way that it just hits is total. Anyway, don't get me on this. I mean, yeah, we're, don't get we're me on the king this. and queen of tangents. So, <laughs> undermine is. Tell me about I mean, undermine. At the end of the day, you're a you're just a bunch of like peasants going into a mine. That's the bit, and you're you're not related to each other. It's just every time one dies, another one just shows up and a wizard says, hey, get in that well. It's very straightforward in that. Yeah. Run around with a pickaxe, you find metal, you take the metal, you buy upgrades. There's slimes, there's 
it's it's what you would imagine in like a go down different levels mining game and the idea is you get the money you okay. there are artifacts that you can find to give you superpowers eventually you rescue a a blacksmith and then eventually after him you beat a boss and you and you rescue oh. a bomb smith who gives you special magical bombs magical, magical bombs? bombs okay you and, had me at magical bombs uh, there is a oh there's the first bomb you get is called a babushka and it's a what and it's a bomb that's shaped like a matryoshka doll and what happens is you I you drop this. it and it blows up but then it drops littler bombs <laughs> Because it's a Matryoshka doll, and then they blow up, and they put out little bombs. So it's like a cluster bomb, but it's, you know, dressed up like one of those Matryoshka dolls. And so that's kind of the idea. It's lots of ridiculous stuff. And the idea is you're digging, you know, deeper, deeper into this mine. You get the... it's it, You've probably predicted all the stuff, right? You get the metals. You bring them yeah, back up. For sure. Well, it sounds a lot like the, uh, the mining system in Story of Seasons slash the original yeah, Harvest Moon. Like, that's really interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, pretty much that one's roguelike. Here's the real deal. The thing that made me upset is that I kept hitting the A button to roll because I was like, there's got to be a dodge roll. And guess what that does? That puts your bombs on the ground. <laughs> so I kept oh, being no! like, oh, I want to dodge. And then I would look at the screen and be like, oh, not only did I not dodge. Why are my bombs there? Oh no! It's like, not only did I not dodge, but but I then I put a bomb at up. my feet. So that obviously was a little frustrating, but that's 100% on me. That's not their fault. There's no dodge, but you do have a ranged attack because your pickaxe okay. is a boomerang more or less functions like it functions like the boomerang in Legend so of cool. Zelda. This feels very Legend of Zelda as far as the way that you know the way that you fight. You swing your axe this way, and you know, kind of like a Kind of like Link does in Legend of Zelda. I think this is super cool. It's available on Xbox Game Pass right now. I know it's available elsewhere. I'm going to look it up right now. Let's see here. It is very well reviewed on Steam. It's currently available on Steam. And right now, oh, it's on all of the things. PlayStation 4, Switch, Xbox One, and then all the PCs. Let me tell you, this game, beast on Switch. Like, this feels like a Switch game. I've been playing, I played it on PC because, because Xbox Game Pass. You distrust yourself playing this on Switch because it will eat your life, like, into the breach ate my life? Yeah, I would definitely do that. I would definitely do that. Or if I had a like a backbone and was playing X Cloud, Xbox games, and oh yeah, this is that's going to be dangerous. But no, so this is Undermine. Oh, Specifically, yeah. it is a combat dungeon crawler with RPG elements. I mean, I man, I really dig it. This this scratched a lot of itches for me. I am definitely going to play more of this game, and we'll talk about more because I really have only gotten down a handful of levels because it's not super easy. But like most roguelites, when you die, you just start over, so you can just keep going, and it's only like twenty bucks. So for twenty dollars, this is a pretty good deal. I would expect that this would be on sale quite frequently, but I think it's worth twenty dollars to hook up the the developers. It's very worth. I will have to give this. I will have to give this. Oh a yeah, you definitely do. In fact, I might have to go spend some channel points after this. Um, I have thousands upon thousands. Oh of no! Them, so no. um. You already spent your. You already spent that though, so you can't actually. Oh, it's on like, cooldown. You're actually really spend smart. more. It's on a you're cooldown. Really you're really smart. Yeah, <laughs> it's on a seven day cooldown. Yeah, you're smart. So you may, you, you prevent me from just Sometimes. completely dictating your entire schedule with my channel points. Correct. I gotta let other people like dictate to me as it's well. It's only fair. You so. have a community that is much larger than just me. 
So, but they're all here doing stuff like making you hydrate and like stretch. And I'm like, here, play this game upon my command. Play this game. Play this game upon my command. Anyway, so that's Undermine. Like I said, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Especially if you like old school Legend of the Link to the Past. Like if you like that style of combat. I really do like it. Yeah, it feels like that to me. Like a lot. Um, Mega Mom does, in fact, spend her points to make people hydrate. I'm sure she has done that to Amanda. I will add that to my thing. I have the, I've been drinking water. You have? been cut back on that soda because it is not good it's good it's real good proud of you i know let me tell me about i well i watched you but tell everyone about spirit swap because i am so incredibly hyped for this game okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna do everybody a favor and drop the link to the itch.io demo right in to chat because everybody that's sitting in chat right now needs to play this game so spirit swap is a lo-fi beats match three game that features a number of different incredible protagonists that are that are witches and they have these spirit familiars and you cast spells it is so chill and so gorgeous and this vertical slice this demo is going to have me just like chomping at the bit to get at the full game. The game is going to be fully voice acted. They just closed their Kickstarter and it was exceptionally successful. They raised, I think, $150,000 for this game to make, to finish making it. And they are on track and on time from everything that I have, that I have seen because I'm, I'm friends with the people that are currently making it. So like full disclosure, I love these people. They're wonderful, like genuinely wonderful. So you go around and it is a match three game and it is a, depending on, you know, whether you want to play the chill mode or the unchill mode, you know, you, you can just sit there, you can vibe and listen to these incredible, listen to this incredible music and look at these gorgeous graphics and Samar, who is the protagonist and the main character is just sitting there with her witch's hat. She's just vibing. She's loving it. She's adorable with her little spirit toad, you know, and you just go there and you just sit there and you vibe to the music. Or if you're like me and you like to punish yourself with video games you play the unchill mode and pain it's hard lots of so pain. this plays for those people wondering how the match three works in this because every match three is a little bit different this play is like pokemon puzzle league so if you love to yes, do some pokemon, it does puzzle, play like you, pokemon uh, puzzle so while you were yeah i did i backseat gamed while you were playing by yelling at my computer realizing that you couldn't hear me <laughs> Um, Sorry, buddy. No, that's okay. I wasn't going to backseat game while you were playing That's Rude. So I did the next best thing, which is I I was the, the Monday morning quarterback. You know what I mean? And just yelled, oh, no, no, move that one. Move over two. Move over two. No, go up one. And I knew that you couldn't hear me. I got there eventually. Oh, you definitely did. You couldn't hear me. But that didn't stop me from shouting at my screen, knowing full well, by the way. I was like a horror movie. I understood. Knowing full well, by the way, that if the situation was reversed, you would have been yelling at me because it's so much. The, 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 yes. That's the thing about Pokemon Puzzle League, just like Tetris and, you know, uh, you know, Luminous and all these games. It is always more obvious what to do when you are not playing. When you're not playing it because you're not in your own adrenaline. You're not, you're just like you're sitting there and you're like, okay. 
yeah, go there, do this, do that. But when you're playing it, that adrenaline kicks in and it's just like sometimes your brain works and the rest of the time the, it doesn't. The, 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 the one game, because you played multiple matches, the one game where you really got into the zone. I so many. There was yeah. one time where you did totally get into the zone and I was like, yes. Because that is one of my favorite <laughs> things about puzzle games is when you're yeah. just every turn just... It's vibing. Yeah, it yeah. was great. I think that was when I was playing in chill mode um, because unchill mode is hard. It, it's a it's hard mode, whereas chill mode is just very relaxing and it's meant to ease you into the game. So other cool things about what this game will become, it is that it's also a visual novel and there is going to be, there's an element planned where you can actually decorate Samar's office, like her, um, I think Samar is she, her. Might be they, them. I'm I can't looking, remember off right the top now. of my head. You keep going. But like you can decorate the space and make it gorgeous and make it like make your version of Samar and the space your own. It's your story. It's however you want to handle things. But apparently like there's a there's a polycule in this game. They're all like queer and trans people of color, you know, and made by queer and trans people of color. It's just like, <laughs> listen, it's walking the talk in every imaginable way. It's walking the talk. And I backed this game at one of the highest possible levels I could back it at because I just believe in this team so much. And I just <laughs> love this team with all my heart. It's just, it's just so good. And it, it's so inspiring to see that they went from like just having concept art like a year a year ago like just having concept art and they were going through their game loops and everything like that and they just made this beautiful polished exquisite user experience and it's just a demo it's not even a full game yet like it's just yeah. oh it is, i just love uh, it it's pretty good from what i've seen i'm gonna have to download the demo myself because it does work Everyone should play Spirit yep. Swap. Play it immediately. Vibe with it. Love it. You play it with a keyboard. You know, go to town. I can't wait until they have additional modalities to interact with it because as much as I enjoy using my keyboard, I'd rather use like a controller. I'd rather use a D-pad. But yeah, I'm developing it's a great it right game. now. Great game so far. I'm so excited. They refer to the character by their name and not and they Just don't Samar? Use any pronouns. I will so, figure it out. Samar is wonderful. Yes, yeah, so we don't know. But I mean, whatever. It's not the end of the world. So that is Spirit Swap. I, I That's it. We did it. We did it. All five games. It's All funny how games. the list just kind of tumbles over itself. So, um, Amanda. Yeah. You know time it is? Oh, is it that time again? Yeah, it is. It's time for right. fill-in word puzzle. Let me get my hand dandy pen. Time for fill-in puzzle. Wait, no, it's not time for quick hits. Oh, oh Mega Mom is ready. She's getting she. Oh, I'm Mega Mom is getting it. good at this because she comes. I'm so glad that Mega Mom is on my yeah. team. Mega Mom's getting. I'm so. Glad. Mega Mom's getting good at this. She's here every week. All right, Mega Mom. I would like a type of liquid and an article of clothing. Plural. Amanda. I would like a yes. plural noun. Pumpkins. And then I would like an adjective. Flowing. And then I would like a plural noun. Bug snacks. I like it. I believe it. In case you all didn't know. Oh, did you get? Bug snacks. Oh my goodness, you got a strawby. 
Is I that have my strawby. Strawby. Yes, it merch? is. Whoa. Officially licensed. Whoa. Yeah, really good stuff. They did this with Fangamer. It's sold out in 25 minutes. Because nerds. I was so excited. Yeah. Doi. <laughs> Doi. <laughs> Somebody can watch the community. Um, Alright, so I would like two adjectives. And um Mega Mom, for you, I would like a verb ending in ING and a piece of furniture. Okay, so adjective powerful and playful. And then a noun. Um, do, 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 a noun. How about wolf? Amanda, I would like a part of the body. And Mega Mom, I would like a kind of relative. So like aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, whatever, that kind of thing. Okay, belly button. Okay, and I would like a place. <laughs> um... Like a proper noun place or... It does not specify. You can use whichever you would like. Okay. I'm going to say cafe because I miss going to cafes. Yeah, you do. I really do. Um, I'm going to be honest. What's the place that... I, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to be super real. I miss going to the movies. <laughs> yeah. Also, same. Yeah. We, we miss going to the movies too. That was like quad squad date night and we haven't been on a quad squad date night in like well over a year probably not since like 2019 potentially adjective last one last one adjective magical okay so we were going to rent out a theater to go see fast nine. Oh. um i'd drive up for that well I would have totally had you do so. However, Fast 9 is one of the few movies that's coming out that you can't rent a theater for. Which, it makes sense. I mean, that's a big one. But, like, because my uh, brother-in-law wants to see it, but he's not, he's just not ready to go to the theater. Yeah, and that's understandable. Gonna, it really is. We're going to have some serious collective trauma for a yeah, while. Yeah, I'm not going to, he, he, so I, I can't blame him, but my sister can't go to the theater without him. Like this is, they made the agreement. Like she has to wait. Certainly. So it's not like she can just abandon him and go see it with me. Um, And so uh, we were like, Oh, well then, you know, it's only like 300 bucks to rent a theater. That's not for 20 and you get 20 people. That's easy. So we were going to do that, Um, but you can't do it with fast nine. Anyway. So speaking of uh, word fill in puzzles, Campfire Stories is the subject of our word fill-in puzzle today. Uh, And it says, It is always fun to chop up some pumpkins and use them to build a flowing campfire. Then you get all the bug snacks to sit around the fire and tell scary stories. They totally would, would too. Sit. Strawby. Uh, You can tell them about Ichabod Crane, the powerful school teacher of Sleepy Hollow, and his playful adventure with the Headless Wolf. Or you can tell the, by the way, cutting this off in the middle, um, it asks for last names of three people. So I chose the three people involved in this. So, uh, Or you can tell them the fall of the House of Dutzman, which is written by Edgar Allan Davis. Or you can tell about vampires from the cafe, like the terrible Count Pharaoh. Countess Pharaoh. Let's get it right. Countess Pharaoh. Who bit people I like the way on that the belly sounds. button and drank their plasma. What? 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 
That's oddly specific. That was, that was crazy. Kate. That's dark. Megav mom. Did you did you sneak into my house and read the campfire and read this? Um, okay. So uh, by this time, many of the young camp- campers will start shaking in their shirts and will begin yelling for their nieces and go hide under a couch. Believe me, when it comes to swimming a bunch of kids, there's nothing like a really magical ghost story. Ooh, magical ghost Man. stories. I want to write a magical ghost story but, now. Um, like with like a magical girl ghost story. I'm sure that's an anime. I want to watch I'm it. Sure, now. there is an anime. I'm gonna go I find am it. sure. Listen at me. Tell I am me. Sure, Tell me on Twitter. Yeah, what I'm I need sure to there watch. is an anime that is a, um, that is a magical girl ghost, like a, a supernatural thriller and magical girl anime. I'm sure there is. And Mega Mom, that was Probably. creepy. I think you you have some explaining to do. Sneaking into my house and reading my uh, word filling puzzles. Um, if you're going to be here, you could at least uh, play games with me. Yeah, I mean, for real. Fair. So here's a, so let's go to the topic. Fair. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, Amanda. Yeah. This was, it was during the earnings call apocalypse. Ubisoft made huh. a comment offhand about how they were going to begin prioritizing free-to-play games. As well. Well, they didn't say as well at first, but they kind of did. They did. They did. But they did. In, in the call, yeah. they did. They said that specifically, you know, they're not going to be releasing for, you know, three to four AAA games a year anymore. They're going to be focused on bringing more premium free-to-play <laughs> games out as well so that they're switching up their case. Yes. There is a reason for this. I go into it on virtual economy. Is the basic reason because they just want to make more money? I'm just, I mean... I mean, yeah, I mean, that's delivering value to shareholders is one of the big one of the big reasons why. But the other one is that their editorial team that was working on the vast majority of their intellectual property franchises, like the big pillars like Assassin's Creed and and uh, Rainbow Six and everything like that, like they were really toxic and they were removed. You know, these were serial harassers at the very top, close to the very top of the company, like making creative decisions. So, yeah, we're uh, we're not likely to to see Ubisoft bounce back particularly quickly after something like that. I think that that is a at the very least a small part of it. But the bottom line is the biggest part of it. They want to make more money and they want to diversify their revenue streams and making AAA games is expensive. Very expensive. And it's a big risk, you know? I mean, admittedly, they do have, you know, I mean, Assassin's Creed kind of as close to a surefire hit as you're going to get, right? Like, it's it's no Call of Duty, but like, you know, they put out an Assassin's Creed, it's going to sell well. But the problem is... It is. And so the quotes came out that they were like, yeah, we're going to put out more... Out of context. Because that's how this works. You and I know. That's how this works. The quote was put out. I'm allowed to be a little salty. Can I finish the sentence before you get salty? Right. Uh, for those audio listeners, I definitely made my sassy head shake thing, which I can't really do very well. Um, I'm sorry. So, no, they said during their call, 
then the, the quote came out of the call that they're going to take uh, and start making more. They're going to start putting more of a focus on premium free-to-play games. And everyone assumed, and the quote came out, that that means they were going to stop making Assassin's Creed's and Rainbow Sixes and Far Cries. When the truth was that they were going to do the Rainbow Sixes and the Assassin's Creed's and the Far Cries like everybody likes. And free-to-play games. And... Right. And just potentially have the launch cadence be a little yeah, bit different. Exactly. Which, truthfully, for most of us, we wouldn't notice. Like, we, we won't yeah. feel that cadence being different because there are just so many video games that come out every day. Like, I couldn't tell you yeah. what the launch cadence for Assassin's Creed games is right now, let alone after they change it. I guess I'm probably, you know, they come out every other year. So I guess, like, that's probably it. But still, what came out of that discussion, and this is what I wanted to talk about today, was the idea that, because clearly when the sky is falling, people immediately divide, because video games on the internet, you have to be, there's always three camps. There's the people that are for something, that are against something, and then there's the people making fun of the people that are both for and against. Sometimes they're even worse. It depends on the thing. Yeah. And so the people who the people who were defending moving and making more free to play games made some really good points whether they needed to or not and a big piece is that free to play games in 2021 are very different than video games five you know even 4 or 5 years ago and yeah. so i think you know, tell me about that because I mean you and I have felt this as two people who have been in the video game oh, industry sure. and watched free to play change like how have you thought that free to play games how do you see that evolution because you've been there in the thick of it as a true business journalist I'm just a podcaster yeah. and blogger. you've been like doing the thing no stop it no no but for real come I on you know exactly what I'm talking about I will not I will come over there I'll come through this yeah, screen I mean that's like the ring. I am, in fact, the pot father. That's what people are saying. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm with Mega Mom on this one. Knock it off. All right. So anyway, sure. even as coming from an analysis perspective, yeah. right? Taking a look at this is the evolution of the free-to-play game. What it used to be is it used to be pretty significantly just mobile. Yeah. You didn't see pre you didn't see free-to-play games or even premium free, let alone free premium free-to-play games on PC or console. It just didn't really exist up until fairly recently. And we're by recently, I mean within the last like six yeah. years, right? Five or six years. What those games used to look like was shovelware garbage. Yeah. They were shovelware garbage on mobile and they were inaccessible. They were, you know, very heavily reliant on dark user experience patterns to either make you spend money or to manipulate you into spending more time, more engagement. It just, it was a really unethical place to live. These days, premium free to play games are more than that. We're, and we'll get into very specific like free to play games that you can play with your kids and your kids can play with you or whatever or with their friends um in a minute but more specifically like free to play games have moved from in-game economies that are that are strictly exploitative because back in the day that's all they were that's the only thing they did now in-game economies for free-to-play games have actual economists working for them. They have people that understand the different ways that you can tweak these economies to not just make money, but to do it ethically 
and to make it a seamless part of the gaming experience. There are plenty of free to play games that I really enjoy. Like I really like playing design home, you know, I can't really do too much with my house right now. So I just like designing other people's yeah. houses. It's just what I like to do. Yeah. You know? So what we're what we're dealing with now when it comes to premium free to play games on PC, on console, as well as on mobile, they're unrecognizable yeah. in comparison to the early days of free to play. Yeah, I remember like when I first saw like the free game section on like my PlayStation 3, like online game store, mm. and it was not good. It was garbage. Like, like mobile ports, and it was the Wii store was, Wii like, store that was like that too, too. Remember where it was just all shovelware, yeah, it was awful, and the oh man, it was so bad. And whereas now you go into the the free section on the PlayStation Store or Steam or the Epic Game Store or the you know Xbox Marketplace. Yeah. And there's I mean, good like, stuff there's there. There's at least a couple dozen video games that you have heard of, right? That's a big piece yeah. that you have heard of that you've seen ads for that are not you know and we'll talk about some of the recommendations later, but like the fact that these are games that you have heard of, that these are not like weird like knockoff experiences, that these are like true well-made video games. Yeah. Yeah. That even, you know, five or six years ago, you might have had to pay for upfront entirely. And yeah. so, yeah, I I am um, stunned by the quality of these games and they keep getting announced. You know, every time you and I go to PAX East, right? Or, you know, when we went to E3, right? You know, admittedly, we haven't done yeah. that recently, but how many times do we walk up to a, it used to not be a question. It used to not really be something you we would need to ask. Like in the very beginning, first couple of conventions I went to, uh, we knew what we were doing. They were gonna, you know, you were gonna pay ten bucks, twenty bucks, sixty bucks for a game. Now, like, is this gonna, how is your how are you monetizing this? Is like the question. Like, what are you gonna do? And and oh no, this is gonna be free to play, supported with microtransactions. And initially, that made me cringe. Now it doesn't anymore. Like. No, as long as as long as we're not moving too heavily into the loot box territory, into like mystery boxes or whatever, with like the essentially what is becoming in-game gambling, you know, minus that. I mean, as long as it's an ethical experience, I mean, have that. There's money. There's so much money in free to play games. There's so much money there, which is why it's really a hit or miss. It's a, it's a hit or miss business decision. And so much goes into the live operations of maintaining a free to play experience because you have to have release cadence for like your updates and your, you know, your in-app purchases yeah. as well as your ads and the hype. It's, it's yeah. like, it's a lot. So yeah, no, I mean, they, these are not disposable games anymore. And so the no. first thing that I want to encourage everybody to do, because we're going to, now we're going to start going over some of our recommendations, some games that we have seen, played, experienced. But yes. my first piece of advice, and because I bet you a lot of parents that are listening to this show um, have not done so. I would encourage you to go look at the free section on whatever console your kids play on. If for nothing else, because then you'll be kind of familiar with what they might want to play. But like, yeah, there's likely something. Did you know that there, I mean, World of Tanks, for example, it's not a game that I recommend to everyone, right? But like, no, it's very persnickety. It is. As a game. However, like, you know what? If the, the, my dad, my grandfather drove a tank in the Battle of the Bulge. 
Like that was his thing. During World War II, my grandfather drove a tank in the Battle of the Bulge. So like tanks, specifically armored vehicles, are a huge deal with me and my dad. Huge deal because my grandfather was a tank driver, tank pilot. I don't know. Hmm. He was a I think they're drivers. I'm spacing on it. I would have known it yesterday. I'll know it tomorrow. But now in this moment, I can't remember. Um, I know nothing. But so I am Jon right. Snow. Whatever. So that is something that is kind of its own experience. And that might speak to a handful of people. Like that might speak to you in a way that maybe we aren't sure. thinking about. You know, I love me some fantasy. Yeah, games, absolutely. Right. But like if you just mm-hmm. want to play with some tanks, go play with some tanks it's there and I'll play with some tanks i i don't love that game just because it's persnickety with its gameplay but i think it's got a lot of really solid yeah, concepts cool. it's cool for people that want that it's cool. and yeah that, that want that specific so, kind of experience so i, I love encourage it. everybody go look at the free-to-play store because you'll be shocked to find some stuff now admittedly you know, use your judgment on what you're going to look at. And if you find a game that you're not sure of, head on into the Engage Family Gaming community and we can all talk about it and look it up together because I'll truthfully do not know everything. That is one thing about the free-to-play games marketplace is they come out all the time and they top games list changes pretty frequently and then they'll kind of burn out really fast. So sometimes there are games that are just there. You know, take a look at it. Let's give some real recommendations though. And I want to start with Brawl Hollow. Yeah, absolutely. Brawl! I okay Brawlhalla which is Ubisoft Brawlhalla is a Ubisoft game shout out to Ubi it's just it's Smash Brothers but it's not it's it's a Smash Brothers clone it is not actually Smash Brothers but it's like it's so cute adorable The Rock is in it did you know that Brawlhalla Um, yeah Yeah, I did know that The Rock is in it there's a bunch Shovel Knight is in it I know how much you love Shovel Knight Shovel Knight is pretty much my dude and so it is it's a Smash Brothers clone so if you're listening to this and you think what is a Smash Brothers clone it's Smash Brothers, but just a, just different enough that Nintendo doesn't sue them. And the thing about Brawlhalla, being that it is a Ubisoft game, which it wasn't initially, Ubisoft snooped. Sco- no, it was an independently Ubisoft developed game. Ubisoft scooped that right up. And um, they went, "Come here, come little here indie. Us. We will take care of you, and we you can you can and be here, make, and we will give you money. We will make licensing agreements with the World Wrestling Entertainment Association, and we will make and we will put the Rock in it." And oh my goodness, it's so crazy. And what's up? I highly recommend it as this is what I think of it as it's a cool change of pace. You know, I love Smash. I know there are households in the EFG community that that they stand smash in that household. If you just want a little bit of a different feel, right? I think Val, uh, I think not Valhalla, Brawlhalla is it's a nice free to play alternative Brawlhalla. to pull out every once in a while. It's just different enough that it is cool. But also, if you don't have a Switch and only have a PlayStation or an Xbox, then Brawlhalla is your smash, so you must get it. And it is definitely accessible to even younger kids. Mega Mom in the chat saying that their five-year-old plays both Smash and Brawlhalla. It is very accessible. So, um, yes. and it is very cartoony and very silly. So that is Brawlhalla. Brawlhalla. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing just, it like that. <laughs> you're, you're digging that? We, so we made a list. Are any yeah. of these games that, that, how many of these have you played? Because we made a little, I, I made a little bit Okay, of so I've played one, two, three, four, five. I've played right. most of them. The only one I haven't really played, I haven't played Ninjala or Genshin Impact, but I've played the rest right, of them. so pick one and talk about it. 
pick <laughs> one and talk about it. Okay. I mean, why don't I just combine two of yeah. them and talk about both Hearthstone and Magic Arena because they're, you know, that they're very similar games. Very, very similar experiences. All right. So check it out. Yep. Steve, how do you feel about collectible card I, games? I very much enjoy collectible card games. I know you enjoy collectible card games. How do you feel about them in a digital format? I think in some cases they're better because they let you do things that either can't be done in a paper card game, like truly random mechanics or um, truly random, creating yeah. things spontaneously, which happens in Hearthstone that mm -hmm. you can't do yeah. in uh, Magic very easily, or that just take care of all the administrative hoo-ha uh, and make Magic easier and more fun to play so you can focus on your strategy rather than losing tournaments because you're sorting all your lands Correct. Instead of like you're tapping things and you're just like, I don't even know what's going on. Not... And as somebody who's just recently gotten back into Magic Gathering after a bajillion and a half years away, you know, it's really interesting to be able to play that in a digital format. So without getting too deep into the weeds about Hearthstone and Magic Arena, these are both yeah. card games. You craft decks, you unlock decks, you play against other players. The mechanics are both similar and different. Hearthstone doesn't have any land. You end up just generating crystals, essentially, that you use to, you know, you get one extra crystal every turn, and that allows you to use, like, your big bads towards the, the yeah. late game stage, essentially. It's cool. It's a very interesting mechanic, and it's a cool way of handling, you know, either getting, you know, back in the day when they had mana burn. That's, you know, it's it's the difference between being mana screwed and mana burned. Mana burn. They haven't had mana burn. Listen, in a long time. I I have not played Magic in a very long time, and knowing that the vast majority of the mechanics that I used to be like, oh, this mechanic sucks, are gone now, like mana burn, feels good. It does. It feels really the, good. So with both of these. Both of them can 100% be played without spending a dime. A dime. Magic Arena does have a battle pass. And I think a lot of that, and that's a lot of, Brawlhalla is the same thing. And you can earn yep, it too. You can. Brawlhalla is similar too. I believe it has like a battle pass equivalent. Brawlhalla. And so a lot of these games, that's kind of the new norm is battle passes. Thank you, yes. uh, Fortnite. Hearthstone is, you are, you're still kind of buying packs. Like they don't have a, yeah. they don't have a battle pass yet. However, you know, you buy you buy gold and you buy packs with it. They did just recently add a thing mm -hmm. where you, for tw I think it's like twenty to twenty five dollars, you can actually buy a fully like competitive Hearthstone deck, so you can get just the cards you want, as opposed to having to deal with uh, random draws. And I think that is actually pretty cool for folks that just want to get in and play. So that's Hearthstone and Magic MTG Arena. Both of these are available on mobile and PC. Yes. I am shocked yes. that neither of them are on Switch yet, but I think that's really just a matter of time. I am going to talk about Ninjala because that's a game that I don't think you are super familiar with. I'm not. We've talked about it on the show, I think, once yep. before, but I'm not. I, I'm certainly not a, a content expert sure. on it. So take take us through what makes Ninjala special as a free-to-play game? Ninjala is a multiplayer combat game where you play, it's very reminiscent of Splatoon. It feels like Splatoon to me, just from like an art style. It's very, you know, kind of, you know, it's a cartoon, but it's like on the edgier side of cartoon, but still kind of goofy. And it's a ninja combat game. You're running around doing ninja stuff, running on walls, disappearing and turning into logs. 
fight dudes, but you fight with like yo-yos and silly, silly weapons as a ninjala pass where you get cosmetics. And uh, but the idea is you just play in these big 3D combat arenas and you're fighting, like I said, with yo-yos. There's a drill fist weapon that you can use that lets you do all sorts of stuff combat ends up being a little rock paper scissors depending on you mm-hmm. know when you clash with enemies <laughs> this is one of those games that every couple of weeks i think it's like almost like a three-week cycle the boys get into it and play it for a couple of days and then they stop it's so silly it's so goofy and it is this is another one that i think is going to be a great change of pace from like Fortnite and some of the other games like just because it's just a dip, it's a melee combat game so it's a lot of running up on guys and playing footsies like in a fighting game and you know spacing and stuff like that but it's just super goofy and wild and so I think this is another great change of pace like pick this one up even if you don't play it every day you're just having this one on your on installed on your Switch because it's a Switch game is yeah. a I, I think it's a, a great you know kind of palette cleanser the, the cosmetics are neat the characters are cool looking you have blue hair as my oldest is or my, not my oldest my middle son is very excited about so yeah that's Ninjala awesome I definitely think people should give that one a shot it definitely... I think I should probably check it out. At the very least, you should look at a YouTube video. I, okay. I think you owe it to yourself to watch a YouTube video of somebody playing the game. Um, that's the minimum. Okay that. That's like as low of an investment as you could possibly have. All right. I'm going to talk about Genshin Impact. This is the one that I've been the most interested in, but I am afraid that it will eat my life. Mm-hmm. Probably will. Um when I made the joke that it was legend back in the day, and I said that it was Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Waifu. Breath of the Waifu, was, yeah, that's actually what sold. Me I was on not it. joke at all. No, and they keep adding. The, what's interesting is they keep adding more waifus to it. Now, this is a gotcha game. That's the one thing that is going to be something that is you're going to have to watch out for. Okay, so this is a game you do not need to spend a dime to play it. They give you a bunch of characters in the beginning of the game. You earn lots of currency that you would use to unlock characters. I get lots of waifus. Yeah. So the idea is in Legend of Zelda, you play as Link. In this, you build a party of four characters that have different elemental attacks, different weapons. I love it. And the idea is you go around switching between them because everything has an elemental weakness, so you have to deal with it. But in Mm -hmm. some cases, you want to switch because, for example, you might shoot ice at an enemy and then have it, or you might shoot water at an enemy and then switch to a lightning character and shoot lightning arrows at them, at which point you electrocute them. And so you combo some of the different attacks from your different characters, and it does pretty cool stuff. When I say it's a gotcha game, what I mean is not gotcha, G-O-T-C-H-A. What I mean is G-A-C-H-A, which means essentially it's like a capsule machine, meaning like the ones they have like outside of grocery stores and stuff. Uh, essentially, yeah. you earn currency to to get these unlocks where you get a random chance at new characters. And um, so you are not guaranteed. It's not like you can just spend $5 and get a new character. You buy currency to be able to get unlocks. You also, as part of those unlocks, you get weapons that you can either equip or disenchant into materials and... Um, you know, and use those to upgrade weapons and characters feels very mobile okay. to me. Okay. So all that aside, this game is absolutely gorgeous. It is really and pretty. The, 
every stream that I pop into and one of my one of my streamer friends is playing Genshin, I sit there and I'm like, it's so it's really pretty. pretty. I could just sit here and watch all day. It's absolutely pretty. The characters are very well animated. There are a lot of them that have cool armor and cool fighting styles and they keep adding new ones. It's like every couple of weeks it feels mm -hmm. like there's a new one. So I would recommend this one to anyone who, and it really does feel like Breath of the Wild. You know, you're going from camp to camp. You can climb almost anything. The enemy camps. Okay. Yeah. I, have que I have one question, what? my friend. I have one question. Do I have to deal with weapon durability? No, no. Okay. No, Fair enough. Not. I'm in. Um, that's what keeps, that's honestly one of the biggest thing that's, things that keeps me away from Breath of the, Breath of the Wild. With. I'm using air quotes for our audio listeners. Um, we're not going to have this fight today. We'll save it for, we'll save it for July. We're not we'll save fighting. It for July we're not fighting. We're of course not we're not fighting. fighting. Of course we're not fighting. I will fight with other people, but not you. I just want to let you like what you like. That's fine. I just wanted, I just was curious. Fine. No, there is no, um, there is, to my understanding, um, and my experience, and I put a bunch of hours into it, I have not dealt with a weapon that breaks. That's okay. not to say there isn't one. I mean, I guess theoretically there could be some, but uh, that's not, that is not a core component of this video game. With that got said, it. your dudes, you got to level four characters by like sacrificing materials and things that you find around. So, I mean, that's the real time sink. So there are some cir circumstances yeah. where it's either a grind or you spend money, but okay. it is pretty, you do not have to spend money on buying new characters. The, the group they give you off the bat is good enough. And then they give you a ton in the beginning. And so you'll get a handful Got of it. other characters and you can finish the game with them. Cool. Yeah, it's it's really, it's really, it's really good. It's really good. I definitely dig it. And then so the last two that we have on our list are kind of the obvious ones, I think. Yeah, these are the these are the super obvious ones. Like any anyone that has a kid has either seen or played these games. Yeah. And they are Fortnite and Rocket League, which are both consequently owned by Epic Games. Yeah. Oh, man, how crazy is that? The crazy one is Fall Guys. Fall Guys. Not a free-to-play free game, play game no. so it doesn't make it on this list. But nope. here's the thing about Fortnite. I know people like to joke about how Fortnite is a dead game. It's but, not, though. Like, but, at all. But that, that's the punchline of this. The punchline of this is that Fortnite is not a dead game. A not even close. I, I think at this point, it is so big that it will never die. Unless somebody makes, like, a very specific decision. Like, on its own volition, this game will keep going ad infinitum it's just so big it's so big because by the time it slowly degrades to people leaving then people will be nostalgic for it and rocket league is bananas is soccer with race cars so i encourage everybody and, and it's, it's fun, fun. Oh, absolutely and it's free what's crazy about this one is you used to have to pay for it and they switched it to a free-to-play model because mm -hmm. they realized that's what this is this is like the key example right like you used to have to pay for this game and then they realized that a rocket pass which is their version of the battle pass was more lucrative than charging people for the game and the audience exploded and people man the, so yep. these are, you know, some of the big free-to-play games that you're going to see. Is this all of them? Not even close. But these are a lot of them, and I think it represents a decent yeah. amount of variety so that this summer, a couple of weeks, knock on wood, when our kids get out of school and they're looking for something new to play, yep. you can look at some of these games and, you know, be like, hey, look, this is – we're going to save some money and get you a free game to play for the summer. Um and, you know, you can enjoy that. And I think these are a pretty good list. Um, you did put in the chat, you put a link that I had found I of some free-to-play MMORPGs. 
that was published mm -hmm. on engagedfamilygaming.com. So if you're looking to scratch that MMO itch, but you don't want to spend 15 bucks a month on World of Warcraft, which I cannot blame you, it is, I mean, it's not a lot of money, but it's $15 a month. Um, Look at that list. It's got Star Wars game on there. You know, there's... Let me tell you, that Star, Star Wars, Wars game, I think I wrote... I wrote a piece about that. I think at Game Daily, like how people were sleeping on that game. They still are. It's just including me. There's you if you ha yeah if you've not played that game, you slept on it. I I went through the original content and it I just blazed through it with my with my dad and my brother and yeah. my husband. It was just we had a blast with that game. Hard I would be hard pressed to talk about free to play MMOs without talking about the fact that almost the entirety of Final Fantasy 14 is free. It is. It's so it's so free that True it's facts. a meme. So Amanda, we did it. We did. Go episode us. 200 and this has been episode 263 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed listening as much as Amanda and I enjoyed recording. We will be back next week with Board Game Week, specifically Linda Heck and yeah. I. Oh, and you're going to be gonna here. Be oh, my here. goodness. How about this? All I played so many board games. How awesome is that? Three of us are going to have some stuff to talk about specifically. Uh, this is a tease. I'm going to be able to talk about a Transformers deck building game. I'm going to be oh. talking about a... I'm very familiar with uh, this. Yes, you are, this. because you heard me and your partner, Mike, shout into the internet collectively together. Um, it was it was, a, It was a loud noise. If it's not about Musou games, it's That's, about Transformers. Oh man, man, but they should make a Transformers Musou game. Stop. Um, no, you brought stop it up it. this time. Um, I'm also going to be talking about a game based on the It's a Small World ride for four-year-olds that was sent to us by Funko Games. That's Probably the most adorable thing ever. And the nominees for the Spiel de Jar because they were announced today. <gasps> We got a packed week. We got a packed Love week that. next week. So everybody, you have yourself a good night. I will see you on Thursday for the EFG show with Jeff Walker from the Frozen North. I know we took last week off. He was not feeling well, not COVID, very specific. So y'all have a great night. We will see you soon. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye.